Hi, everyone, and welcome to Signature West Podcast. My guest today is Lauren Finkstein, and she is the CEO and the founder of a nonprofit called Save One Person. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank I'm you good. for having me today. Thank you for, thank you for coming. So you are the CEO and the founder of a nonprofit called Save One Person. We're going to get to that in a second, but let's back up a little bit about who you are and what's your background. Um, so you are from New Jersey. Yes. That's where you were born and raised? Right, in Old Bridge, New Jersey. And when did you start falling in love with the media world? Like, how did that, how did that start? Uh... I started falling in love with the media world when I was a kid and I went to go see Star Wars and E.T. and I found out who Steven Spielberg was and I always had dreams of not being in front of the camera but being behind the camera as the next Steven Spielberg. That never transpired in my life but that awoke me to the media world and wanting to be involved. And how, and then you, what did you do after that, after Star Wars? Uh, when I was 16, I joined a school TV uh, cable channel and I got a taste in TV production. And it was very exciting because I got to, uh, as a school project, I got to interview Chip Hobart from WPLJ at the time. And that was kind of really cool, meeting this celebrity and, right. and uh, that, and then I uh, went to, University of Miami, and I studied in TV production, and then I had an internship at MTV, and then for 10 years, I worked in media uh, producing promos, 30-second promos for various networks. And then came this one pinnacle point event in Israel. I guess you were in Israel visiting, I'm not sure the background, you can tell us now, and then you were a witness or you were part of a you had the misfortune of being around a suicide bomber so i was about half a block away from uh in israel there was a suicide bomb at sabaro's pizza restaurant uh 18 people were killed is that the one in tel aviv yeah uh it was in jerusalem okay and what year was this this was in 19 19- I'm sorry, it was in 2001, because several weeks after that event, 9-11 happened. Okay. It was August 19th, 2001. Okay. And 18 people were killed. I was spared. I, I didn't see it. I heard it. And... Uh, were you... How, how close were you to it? Were you, like, right there, or were you... I was, I was like, about a half a block away. I had actually turned the corner and then I heard the bomb explode. But I was waiting there and the people we were waiting, I was maybe a couple feet from the restaurant and we were waiting for a group of people and they were late. And either I said to my friend and my friend said to me, let's not wait anymore. And I said, okay, we started walking away and then the bomb went off. And what's, what's interesting, not interesting, but what happened to me was I think I went into a gamma brainwave. This is more than you need to know. And I don't is, want is to that like, Is that like right after, like right there at the spot when that's right after the event or right? right? Yeah, that was okay. right after the event and okay. everything went slow motion. I couldn't move. Some people 
people, everyone reacts to tragedy differently. I couldn't move, but my friend took on a leadership role. And I thought to myself, if I die right now, I don't have a child. I've never done anything meaningful, meaningful with my life. And uh, my life changed in that moment. And so what yeah. did you, so after you had this sort of wake up call. Okay, what? so I went back to New York. Then for several weeks, I was a wreck. I did a program called Landmark Forum, if you yes, know what um, that is. Yes, yes, I do, yes. And then 9-11 happened. I'm walking down the block. I see the, one, I said to the hot dog guy, what is that? He says to me, um, oh, a small little commuter plane hit uh you know the world trade center and then we all watched and me with the rest of the world you know you're kind of paralyzed in fear i was but i met shortly thereafter with uh, my mentor rabbi simon jacobson and he said use your tv skills to help other people and when i worked previous years you know when i worked in television I always thought to myself, when I, when I did my promos, instead of promoting silly, what was silly to me, like Cindy Crawford's outfit, right. um, or bathing suit, I'm dating myself, or OJ Simpson, if the glove don't fit, you can't convict. Um, wouldn't it be great if you could actually use that 30 second time to save a life? Right. I told my idea to Rabbi Simon Jacobson and he said, I love it and I will back you. You can use my nonprofit to do this. Uh, so and what was his one, nonprofit? I'm sorry? What oh, was his, his nonprofit? His, it, it was for many years, but in the last year or two, when we started growing and morphing into different things, he kicked the baby out of the nest, even okay. though it was already old, and said, okay. okay, time for you to start your own nonprofit, your own official nonprofit. So how even, did he give, so he give you that base, and how, how long did that last for? What was the beginning of that like? Uh, the beginning, well, that was about uh, 18, 19 years with Rabbi Simon Jacobson's nonprofit. Although it was all religions, he is a rabbi. Um, it started with simply PSAs, you know, 30-second PSAs that I sent out to various stations. Uh, Kurt Loder, if you know. Of course I do, from MTV, of course. Yeah, yeah I grew up with that generation. Yeah. I grew up with MTV. Well, I worked there, but uh, yeah, and I, I didn't work there when I started this, but right. he, uh, he was in our first three PSAs, and then it morphed, and you know, that's when the internet was just starting to take right, off. And right. it was weird because having a TV background, I always thought, okay, a lot of people are going to respond to TV ads, but that's not where we got our donors and our help mostly from. It was from doing little writing ad copy and putting it on the internet through, you know, uh, you know, 30 second segments on, at the time it's called joke of the day. It went to several million subscribers and people would just answer immediately. And then we would get kidney donors and hundreds of people who wanted to give a liver or a kidney, a living kidney just, donor. Just from a post? From a post. From a 30, I would write the copy like a commercial and send it out. And people would respond immediately. Uh, so it's morphed over time to obviously social media, to we now have a Save One Person app. And 
if I could just mention, um, we also got involved, you know, pretty soon we're going to be out of business, save one person in an effect because with 3D printing and I just got involved with a company called BCM Industries in the last year. And what they're doing is instead of people getting a kidney, liver, lung, pancreas, you know, what they are doing is let's say, God forbid, you have cancer or tumor in your kidney. They're taking out the tumor, you know, the doctor takes out the tumor, they take healthy cells from the same organ, and then they send it to a lab. They grow those healthy cells onto a scaffolding type of thing that's made from actually cow cartilage. I right. hope I said that correctly. And then that grows in 30 days or 45 days or something like that. And then they send it back and they put it back in the organ. So, so, so we don't confuse the, the, the listeners. I want to go back to when you first started with your, with your mentor as the idea of helping others in general. When did that get transformed or when did that become Save One Person? And let's tell everybody what is Save One Person because I think we kind of overshadowed that. Okay, I didn't mean to No, it's okay. You. I just want because I know what it is. I just want to make sure that the listeners... So, so I'm sorry, your question is, what is Save One Person? What was the part? The first part is, how did you transform from the beginning with, the, with your mentor, which was basically, you know, helping people to becoming mm -hmm. the very specific and becoming Save One Person? It, it really just morphed over time. In the beginning, as I said, it was just really PSAs that we sent commercials right. to... PSAs to various networks. And then it turned into, you know, the internet, social media, radio, podcast, magazine articles. And the whole intent of Save One Person always is that media destroys. Look at what media is doing with Corona. I don't want to go. They instill such fear in you. The media is not talking about the media is not talking about prevention and meditation and things that can stop Corona. They're, they're going, but the whole idea of save one person is use media to build, to save a life. Is, but what do you want to build and what do you want to save? We want to save lives and we have been saving lives. How, but instance, how is that? Because I know, but how is that like, if you want to, in, in 10 seconds, what would that sound like? Okay. Uh, we save lives by matching people from someone who needs life-saving help to somebody who can offer uh, life-saving help. For instance, somebody needs a bone marrow match. It's extremely hard to find. So if you just look for the bone marrow match by putting an ad in the local paper, or if you put it out there in the world, who are you more likely to get help? So media, we are just a connector, just like a dating site, right, perhaps right, you want to right, call it. Right. We are a connector. We connect people who need life-saving help with people who want to save life. And we use me media as the vehicle. So walk us through it. Let's just say there's a person or a child, adult in Nebraska, and they need, uh, looking for a donor, kidney. They reach out to you and what ha what's the process? So they reach out to me, uh, to the nonprofit, and then we ask them for a picture, a little background, and then we pitch it to the media. And we, every week, we sit, I have a whole media list. So no matter what, we generally write up their story. And if, 
like a 30 second promo, include additional information and just do an email media, media blast to stations primarily in the country, but around the world. And then occasionally somebody picks it up. And just for instance, recently, there's a little girl in um, Las Vegas who needs a heart transplant. That's a, that's, that's a tough one. But like we'll call the local media in Vegas, the ABC, CBS, NBC, and ask them and pitch the story to them. And then we post it on our website. And we always ask people <clears throat> to go onto our website under urgent requests and look and see all the lives that need help. And if one story touches you, then respond directly to that person. So even if we send it out there and it's not a response, you know, people can always go to urgent requests. Just almost like a dating app, you know, you read the story and reach out. If it's and what would you say the ratio has been for you guys? Because you said you started this, when, when was the year when you became, when you transformed to save one person? Well, we were always, save one person it was when we turned into our own official right. 503 right see uh so so you know maybe a year ago we turned into our own official nonprofit, but nothing changed except for the technicality of it i mean we've just been growing and growing into different ideas and different strategies to help save many lives and would you say the 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 percentage is like how how what success rate has been if you have a story or two to tell that we're able to obviously the girl in Vegas is too soon, but so a couple things. It's it's very limited funding. So there's really no follow-up. Most of the follow-up is people contacting us years later and saying, Oh, by the way, thank you. So a lot of times we don't know, but you know, even if you save one life, it's totally worth it. My thing, and we, we've saved, you know, dozens, but I can't, I only have, you know, less than 20 actual, you know, uh, things that I can, stories that I can actually track. But a lot of times I would say most of the time, People do not contact us after the so fact. You have, so you have really no, no, no idea what that seed that you planted, what yeah. the outcome was. Yeah. And it, it really goes way beyond the life we save. For instance, my favorite, you asked my favorite story. My favorite story, story. is 1010. Thank you. My favorite story is 1010 uh, One News in New York. Have you heard of them? The, the no. biggest radio station in New York City. Hmm. Okay, like the tri-state area in New York. Okay, so a, a man in, by the name of Richard Wundtyler needed a, a kidney in Brooklyn. 1010 News picked up the story and somebody volunteered in England who heard the story from seeing the 1010 story on the net, on the internet, uh, responded, but couldn't give a kidney because insurance wouldn't pay for the air flight. But right. this person was asked, I really love this story, this is my favorite story, was asked if she would donate a kidney in Israel to an eight-year-old girl. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe she was a, I can't remember if she was eight or 11, or 11-year-old girl. This was years ago. And she said yes. And now, so this girl, like I like to say, in a blink of an eye, the miracle went from Brooklyn to London, London, who gave the kidney to Jerusalem, the, the girl who got the kidney. And now she's an adult 
you know, she's probably 20, 21 years old now. She will go on to have children. And, you know, from that one act we did, you're not going to see. Like, it's just endless. It just evolves. Interest. It evolves. Yeah. Right. right. And another story, if I just for a minute, there was a guy in New York, uh, Stuart Zimmer, who was a philanthropist. He was one of our earliest success stories. 1010 News again did a news story. Uh, Stuart Zimmer got a kidney from a stranger. Her name was Regina Greb in New York. She heard the story on 1010 News. And then he was, it was so hard to find a kidney because he had very high antibodies and that affects your ability to get a kidney. But nevertheless, it all worked out. And then right. afterwards he had two kids. And then like, how do you, how do you track that? It's well, I don't mean tracking like 10 years later, but at least tracking he got the kidney and then, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's able right. to function and right. yay to right, him right, right. and yay to you guys. Yeah. Right. But who knows what's going to happen to him or right. her 20 I mean, years it's later. Yeah. To me, yeah. it's mind blowing when I think about that. Where are you guys getting your funding? What do you guys need help with? Obviously, is this like a one woman show? Is this like, I know you have a mentor and you have a, um, 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 so Advisor. Simon Jacobson is, Rabbi is on the board. Lauren Lahav is on the board. Lauren, Lauren, uh, has worked with Tony Robbins for 30 years. She's an international speaker. She's helping me grow it. I have a guy, um, that sends out our weekly save one person alerts. And we have a team. We just got Google grants. Uh, $10,000 a month from Google Grants. So we hired a team to promote those Google Grants every month. And we certainly need help with money. We need help with advertising. We help with media. We need help with getting out the word. Each week have, we have a different person who needs a life save and we need help broadcasting it to the world. And we could certainly use help with funding as it, so far it's just been my limited budget that has really been paying for this. And we just got the $10,000 a month by, from Google Grants. So, so that's more like, and then occasionally a, a donation comes on the online here and there. And um, how many, more or less you, funding. and how many requests are you getting? You said a, a daily or a week, how many on the average, what are you getting for don't for, for, from people that need some? Oh, we get about, you mean for kidneys and livers or, and all kidney that? Livers, yeah. Any body part. Oh, we get about, you know, it varies. If we have a media story, we can get hundreds. But on if we don't have any media or anything, we get about five five requests from people who found us on the web who need kidneys. And, and people always contact me from other organizations. Five a day um, or five a week or five a month? About five a, five a week. A week, okay. Yeah. But That's... if we were just on, the, on, like, let's say, Channel 11 in New York, or, like, for instance, we were on Fox 5 with Rosanna Scatter, uh... I guess you don't know her. She's a New York person in LA, but you know, we got hundreds of requests. So it, it really, it varies. It, it depends what's going on in the media with us. And what is your big picture goal for Save One Person? So my big picture has always been the same and it has not manifested yet. My big picture is that every network across the globe, every media out uh, station, highlights the own person who needs a medical miracle. And then they ask the own audiences to save that life. 
So it's uh, media is used on a consistent basis as a uh, life-saving mechanism. Right now, I'd like to think of it as we're the mothership. But that's my big vision. That's a big vision. Yeah. But you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, and right? you know what? For whatever amount of lives we saved, it was totally worth it for those lives. And plus, I, I love it. I mean, I love what we do here. It's fun, it's creative, it's meaningful. It's very meaningful. So would you contribute that, if you look, at, if you look back at your, the years, would you contribute that to um, that event in Israel and 9-11, just two weeks after? 100%, it was God put my life. He said, stop, you're going this way now, like it or not. And uh, it was a rough period, you know, my father died. Today's actually my father's death anniversary. Um, it was a rough period, the transition, but you know, God has a master plan. They say, you know, man makes plans and God laughs. So this, or, you want believe, God la or you want to make God laugh in your plans. Right, exactly. Right. So I do believe this was God's plan for me and um, I'm grateful to be doing this work and, and I just onward and upward, God willing. God willing. Lauren, thank you so much for doing this. It was very thank insightful. Um, I have learned a lot. And to the audience, I hope you learned a lot as well. And um, till next time, please tune in. Lauren, thank you again so much. And the best of luck to you. And to save one person, all the best. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much.